0: Hey everyone, my name is Nathan Forster, and I'm asking the big questions of authors and activists, scholars and survivors, poets and priests, therapists and theologians, and basically everyone in between. This will be a resource for people who, deep in their bones, think that surely God's kingdom is deeper and wider than the box we've sometimes put it in. And so what better way to discover this than by learning people's stories and their specialities? in order that we deepen and widen our perspective on faith, community, society, and life. So journey with me as we go deeper and wider. In today's episode, we speak with Steve McKinnon on Jesus and Justice. Steve McKinnon is the State Manager for Prison Fellowship and the WA Coordinator of Tear Australia. He has a background in youth work, pastoring, chaplaincy and community development. He believes he is called to build a bridge between the church and the streets and this means to firstly provide a Christ-like community of transformational love for the marginalized people and secondly to challenge the church to reach out to the poor, Marginalised and thus also be transformed. Here is today's interview with Steve McKinnon. Tell us your story about how you came to be interested in faith-based justice.
1: Yeah. So I was brought up in a Baptist Christian family, um, and I became um, I studied youth work at uh, at college, and we had all sorts of weird and wonderful people there from. Um, Anarchists to uh, feminists to uh, Marxists. Yeah, right. Uh, it was a very you know, secular youth work course. Yeah, and I did um, one unit by a guy called Graham Chips, who's now in Cambodia. Yeah, who was a Presbyterian minister, and he put me to all these uh, you know interesting people like uh, Jim Wallace and uh, you know you know evangelical Christians that thought yeah. in a kingdom. Sort of way, yeah. Okay. So then, uh, as time went on, I became a youth worker uh, yeah. in this on the streets of Girawin, Kandula Balga, and and it brought me into the city. And um, and what I was, you know, it was all percolating my theology, my re- reading of the Bible, yeah. with uh, dialoguing with these people who were, you know, feminists. Uh, uh, Marxists and stuff. Mm. And I guess I came across this thing called liberation theology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So liberation theology suggests a couple of important things, and they say uh, where you stand determines what you see. That if you're standing on a mountaintop, you Mm. have a very different perspective than if you're standing in the valley. They say uh, where you stand determines what you see who you listen to determines what you hear mm. and what you do determines what you believe. Wow. So uh, I, I um, had, had... And at the same time, I was listening to... This will all come together in a minute.
0: Yeah, but, that's fine.
1: But I was listening to a guy called Ken Medema who sang a song in the 80s, 90s called Kingdom in the Streets. Very very powerful because in, in this song he talks about the church being a holy mountain fortress. Uh, and there's feasting and dancing and singing inside, but Jesus is outside, banging on wow. the door, pleading with them to come down to the city in the valley where the blind, the sick and the lame are. Yes. Wow, it's quite but powerful. Very powerful and they can't hear him because the hill song or whatever is up to on <laughs> So uh, <laughs> yeah. so the ruler of the mountains turns his feet around and becomes a servant in the town, and the last stanza goes like this. Well, I see his kingdom coming, and I see the victory day. There'll be no need for fortress walls, for there is a better way. Wow. The prince will lift the lowly, the proud will taste defeat. Don't look for the kingdom in the mountains, for it's coming in the streets. My goodness. And uh, as I walked with Indigenous people, as I... Listen to them as I became you know, wept with those that weep and mourned with those that mourn. Mm. I became convinced that Jesus was identified with the broken and the poor and the marginalised Yes. Uh, and uh, had a bit of an epiphany when I went to a, an Aboriginal church uh, and well I'll tell you the, the whole story yeah but please do. Basically you know it was 11 o'clock on a Saturday night, and the Indigenous kids were on Barrack Street, and they missed their last bus. I said, guys, you missed your last bus, what are you going to do? You know, where are you going to crash tonight? Oh, no worries, Steve, we'll just steal a car each, we'll be right. I said, well, don't do that, come in my car. So did Datsun 120Y, we all got in the back, mm. we all took off, the police pulled us over, uh, they checked our car for drugs, uh, Make sure my key fitted in my lock. Because they thought I'd stolen the car. Yeah, right. Um, And then they said, look, you're clean, you're free to go, but you are overloaded. What are you going to do? I said, well, if I let these kids go, they'll probably steal a car. Do you want to take some? Should I? No, you're right, you go.
0: Yeah, So they
1: let us go, and the kids in the cars all all were looking at me as we took off, and I said, what? They said, "Uh, uh, where's the first place you look for drugs in a car? I said, the glove box. They said, they opened the glove box and there's speed marijuana. Oh, oh, okay. I said, they said, but we believe that um, God saved us because you're a Christian and uh, we're all now Christians because... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I said, Well, that's great, that's great. But uh, if you're going to be a Christian, you, you've got to come to church.
0: Mm.
1: So that's how I got to be in church, an Aboriginal Evangelical Church in Balga with a bunch what of. What story. <laughs> but, but the punchline goes that when I was there, mm. uh, the Aboriginal pastor said, uh, I, Now I want you to turn to Isaiah 53. Mm. Steve's learning something, honest, not Steve? Steve's learning that Jesus was a boom. Wow. Jesus was a nigger. He was despised and rejected. And at that moment. So that was them
0: saying that to you? Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. And it was at that moment that I realized, I put it all together, that um, I thought Jesus was white, male, middle class, Western, probably voted liberal. Mm. Uh, that was my background. But mm. I then had to understand that uh, no, this pastor was right. Wow. Jesus was one with the marginalized. And if we are with him, if we are with them, yes. And that sociologically turned and theologically turned my life around. Wow! Because um, the liberation theologians suggest that uh, uh, theology is, is is the second act, that sociology is the first act. In wow. other words, that that you come to the Bible conditioned uh, by where you stand in society. If you if you're rich. You read the Bible in a certain way. If you're poor, you read the Bible in a different way. Mm. And uh, we need to have a different set of eyes because the majority of the story of not only of Jesus but of Israel is, mm. is one from the underbelly, is one from the bottom up rather mm. than the top down. Uh, they were always kicked and uh, almost always, uh, you know, in exile or, yes. uh, you know... Um, In the Exodus, they were run over by uh, the Egyptians. So if you read the Bible that way, you have a very different understanding. Mm. Uh, One last thing on this uh, is that uh, at the same time, I read Isaiah 58. And uh, it's a very, very famous passage about justice. And it really resonated with me, partly because I, you know, most Friday and Saturday. So I was out on the streets till 2 a.m. And then, uh, you know, 9 a.m., I was in a, in a church, in a Baptist, Conservative Baptist church.
0: And the cultural shift was just wow that you know. the, the contrast between yeah. being on the streets at night to then going to a Conservative Baptist <laughs> church the next day. <laughs> it, was, it almost did my head in. And so
1: I was thinking about how do we bridge that gap? Yes. Uh, and as I was reading Isaiah 58, this verse stood out at me and it said. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which you dwell. And I thought to myself, the pe- problem with the church is they need to get onto the streets and be converted all over again, just like I wow. was. A and, different
0: born-again experience, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, that's yes. right.
1: And the p- p- people on the streets need a community of love mm. that reflect God's love, that mm. they can be exper- jump into and experience and be demonstrated and, and live, and so therefore give up their life of drugs and and stuff and uh, be loved into the kingdom. Yes. So uh, I think that bridge is uh, really important for the salvation of both groups. Yes,
0: yes, and it is a salvation of both groups yeah. because, as you said, the, the down-out are saved from one particular angle, which is perhaps from their life's old drugs or, or the like. Yes. But then the people on the other end... Um, we're saved from our own complicity. Yes. We're saved from our own lifestyle that actually doesn't fulfil in the end. There's, there's also a, there's there's a sense in which there's a mutual liberation.
1: Totally, totally. And when you reread bi- the Bible in light of that, yes, I think you see it again and again. So, for example, yeah, yeah, please. Um, you know, there was a Jesus says there was a woman who took some. Um, uh, you know some leaven and stuck it in some dough and uh i always thought the point of that was to because i was a christian and i was like leaven and my job was to help other people out there become more like me like christian but uh why would i want more leaven when i'm actually trying to create bread well when i go into my community uh, and connect with the broken and poor and marginalized people Mm-hmm. I change just as much as they change. I'm broken, mm-hmm. I'm smashed, and so are they. Yes. And it's in the brokenness that something hot and dynamic happens. It's called the kingdom of God and bread happens. My goodness, yes. That's, uh, so that's been my experience. Um, so, yeah, is that
0: Yeah, okay? no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Perhaps if you could also... Uh, backtrack a little bit, and maybe yeah, yeah. tell us about your your faith journey as well. So obviously, there's that aspect of your faith journey, yes. Which I guess you could say that's all interwoven, intermixed. But yes. what about perhaps even when you were younger? Like, how do you? I don't know. What's your come to Jesus moment? If yeah, yeah, yeah. you like, so
1: you know, eight years of age, nine years of age mm. at uh, Bedford Baptist Church, which no longer exists, um, and you know, just knowing th- that a decision needed be, to be made. Mm. I didn't realise that I, I that I needed to actually jump <laughs> jump into God mm. and I wasn't already part of him. Uh, that I... Yeah, so... And then as I prayed and uh, began to, you know, reach out to my friends who were at school, you know, secular school... Um, I realised that God was real in the in the acting of it. Mm. I realised he was real because they came to faith and their lives changed and my prayers were answered. Mm. Uh, and then as a teenager I saw, I was thinking, what should I do with my life? And I saw Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Great movie. <laughs> yeah, great movie. <laughs> and it's almost a classic, isn't it? It is. Um, and in that movie, uh, Marty goes back to his dad and said, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. The whole of history was changed as a result. Mm. And I thought, I want, you know, I could be an engineer, I could do all of that. But uh, at the end of my life, God's going to say, well, what have you done? Mm. And I want to be able to say, I, to some degree, changed history. Wow. I wanted, Even though it might have been a bit e- egotistical, I, I wanted to invest my life into things that would live on after yes. I was dead. Yes. I didn't want God to say... Well, you made a lot of money, you built a lot of buildings, but what are you, yes. you know, yes. really for my kingdom, what have you done?
0: You want, you want your story to be interwoven to his story, Very his biggest story.
1: Very good. So um, I, in my sim- simple young mind, uh, I looked at the Bible and I said, what are the things that are going to live on? Mm. Uh, well, people and the Word of God, if I can become a Christian youth worker, uh, then maybe that would... Uh, Be the best thing. So Mm -hmm. then I got a degree in youth work.
0: Is that when you went to what you were talking about before, your studies?
1: Yeah, yeah. But by a little bit by default, uh, I didn't realise this group was going to be, I didn't step in and go, I want to really become radical. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But all of these people around me were radical. They were. And By osmosis, it sort of rubbed off on me. Yeah, right. And then I um, went to theological college because I felt I needed to um, get trained up. If I was going to be the bridge between the church and the streets, I'd done the youth work on the streets, I'd need theology. But, um, yeah, I didn't really fit in very well at uh, theological college. Oh, really? In in
0: what ways, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Uh, I... Yeah, um, probably the best way to explain it is to tell a story. And, yes, uh, please do. The, I'd just come back from a John Wimber conference and I was trying to understand the spiritual gifts in light of uh, working with the poor and yes. marginalised. And uh, they, they, they asked me to do a tutorial on Acts 20 well, it's a, an amazing passage, Acts 20. It's mm. just full of life. and uh, Anyway, Paul says some amazing things. For I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I testify to the gospel of Christ and wow. you know, this sort of stuff. Yes. Anyway, I gave this impassioned plea mm. and uh, everyone just sat and, and it was really awkward afterwards, just mm. this silence and someone said, "Yes, Steve." But we, what we really all want to know is, did Paul go to Jerusalem three or four times? And I just thought it's,
0: it's an odd well, thing to want to, <laughs>
1: you it's, know. So, the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yes, um, yeah. So my, I was on about I want to make uh, the Bible relevant to and applicable, and yes. these guys tended to have this esoteric. <laughs> intellectual, academic uh, approach that I I didn't really relate Mm. to. But I stuck with it and I got... You know, and I learned lots of things. But I did... Find it hard, and I think they found me
0: hard. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you brought a healthy challenge of like, what would it mean to embody our faith in a holistic way, which would include justice, it would include yeah, yeah, uh, the poor and the marginalised. It's it's the difference between um, I've often heard the, the the cheeky joke before of um, of uh, what is it? Uh, it goes, your you know, your mother tells you to clean your room. And then you come back to the mother and, and you say, well, I've learnt the Greek word for clean. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's right. But you didn't that's actually right. clean the
0: room. No, that's right. Um, yeah, no, so that, that's exactly how I found it. Yes. And
1: I'll, you know, Kierkegaard's story about the ducks. No, tell me. <clears throat> well, it's, it's, the whole experience was a bit like this. The, the duck preacher gets up and he says, uh, T- turn to your good news for modern ducks and... Uh, Uh, He says, Ducks, you have wings. No farmer can enslave you. No beast can capture you. You can fly on the wings of the air. You can uh, soar to the horizon. Uh, And then he closed his Bible, and the ball of Ducks yelled, Amen. And they all waddled home.
0: Wow. Wow. It's a powerful way of kind of. Yeah, yeah, it paints the picture
1: quite well. Kigga does these sorts of things, yes, uh, and tells these sorts of stories again and again. And so I felt very much uh, like that, frustrated with the yes. uh, the church as a whole, really. Hmm. Uh, and yet felt feeling called to be in the church,
0: but not of the church. Sure, sure. No, that that's good. That's good. I mean, there's so much I want to unpack with that, yeah. but. I think. Well, I will ask. You know, because you, you've mentioned the word justice, we've been talking about justice. Yeah, yeah. This podcast is about that, Yeah. and it is a word that's said a lot these days. And as such, I was wondering if you could you could you describe what you, what you mean when Scripture speaks of justice? Yes. Um, yeah, how's it different from perhaps even how others use the word? Yes. Now you can choose the answer however you want, but, sure. but just throw it to you. Sure, I
1: I'm I believe uh, that the. The word for justice and the word for righteousness is very, very similar both in Greek and Hebrew. Mm. It's the same stem. Yes. But, um And they, they use the words interchangeably sometimes. Yes. Uh, let justice, Amos 5, let just, justice uh, roll down like a river righteousness, like a never-failing stream. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> so it means, uh, as I understand it, uh, doing what is right... And unfortunately, righteousness has this, uh, we've we've turned it into this moral, Mm. uh, private uh, understanding. Yes, we have. And justice is is seen to be a social uh, Mm. thing. Mm. So justice is just social righteousness, doing what is right. Uh, Colonel West said it best when he said... Uh, justice is love. Is what love looks like in public. Oh, I, love, I was just you know, about then to then quote that. that. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> yes. so it's restorative. The emphasis in the Bible is restorative justice. Yes, it's putting things right. It's not retributive or punishing mm. or, or vengeful, anything like that. Mm. Uh, it, it's seen in the Sycamore Tree program in the yes. prisons uh, mm. about putting. Uh, uh, people who have offended and people who have had the offence against them, putting wow. them together and seeing a reconciliation and wow. restoration wow. Uh, happen out of, out of that. <coughs> it's also, for me, Micah 6-8 holds it together mm. really well in that um, yeah, mercy is different to justice. Yeah. Um, a guy called uh, Dom Helder Chimera said, when I feed the poor, you call me a saint, which is mercy really but when i ask why the poor have no food you mm. call me a communist hmm. mm-hmm. and i think that differentiates wow. the you know mercy versus justice and i think you know was it um, bonhoeffer suggests that um, we not only need to rescue people under the uh, from the wheel uh, from under the wheel of injustice mm. but mm. we also need to drive a spoke into the wheel of, of injustice itself yes and there's something about that that's very biblical that as Mm. my understanding is that as we sit with those who are broken and lonely and poor and marginalised those that are foreigners and aliens and as we sit and listen to their story, yes. our heart is uh, filled with compassion and mercy, mm. and then we ask the question: Why is why yes. did this happen in the first place? Yes. Which points to structural issues. Yes. Which point, and hopefully, either we advocate on their behalf. It mm. says in Proverbs: "Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves," yes. or empower them to speak up for, yes. for themselves. Yes. So that then we're into this idea of uh, justice. Mm, mm. But I also think uh, that actually has a symbiotic effect upon our faith, mm. that as we go into, uh, as we, you know, the three things, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love, mercy, walk humbly with mm, your God. Mm. As we, If we put them on a Venn diagram mm. and we suggest that as we uh, connect with those people who are poor... We actually are connecting with Jesus, Yes. and that will, as we reflect on that, we also have this epiphany where we are broken. We are. We need God. We, yes. uh, yeah. There's a lot of rubbish in us yes. that pushes us back into uh, meeting God and having uh, this relationship with God. Yes. Likewise, <clears throat> if we're doing mercy and justice, mm. um, you can't do it without God's grace and love. Yes, yes. you'll need Him. Um, mm. So it's important to run on love. Mm. Uh, if you just have mercy and justice without a relationship with God, it'll mm. lead to anger or hurt or bitterness or mm. burnout. Mm. Um, and if you have justice without, I mean, if you don't have justice but you have mercy and walking humbly with God, then it leads to sloppy do goodism and you don't challenge the powers that be. Yes. Um, so wow, uh, all three are really important. Wow, yeah, and they are symbiotic and have a synergy yes. to them. Yes, um, so
0: that, that that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. I think for me as well, one of the the aspects of of what makes justice quite distinct, um, like I guess a Jesus shaped justice, so to speak, as yes. compared to other forms of justice. And you touched on it. You know, there's you know we have a restorative justice. Yes. We want to and there's that you know, the idea of justice in society is often you hear the word justice and we think retribution but the other thing as well i think is is seeing that justice is about god setting things right yes and i think what makes a distinct version of justice is actually having that bigger view of reality yes. that if if all things are heading towards um all things being made right you yes. know where there is no more tears no more pain no more weeping I think as Christians we can be energised by that larger story. Mm. That actually the cosmos doesn't end in nihilism. The cosmos ends in in glory Mm. and it actually ends with Mm. God making all things right Mm. um, on earth as it is Mm. in heaven. Mm. So that's always been a big distinction for me as well. Do you have any thoughts on on that idea?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, Totally agree. I I was going to talk about Jesus in a minute, but... um, When my kids, really, kids are very intuitive, and my first son, when he was four, he said to me, Dad, uh, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. I said, oh, why is that? He said, well, my cousins tell me that if I become a Christian, I go to heaven when I die. I said, so what's wrong with that? He said, Dad, I don't want to die. Wow. So he distilled the gospel, and it's got all to do with what happens when you're dead, after you're dead. It's Mm. got nothing to do with the here and now. Wow, yes. Whereas my Ben, who was making pancakes earlier, (laughs) he said to me when he was four, Dad, what's heaven like? And I said, uh, well, in Isaiah 64, it says, 65, it says, uh, in heaven everyone gets fed, everyone lives a long time, there's no disease uh, everyone sits under his own fig tree and you can swim with sharks, uh, r- uh ride on the backs of tigers and hug bears because the lion mm. and the lamb will lie down together and eat straw. He mm. said, dad, can we have heaven now? Mm. Can we make wow. it happen now? And all of these verses went off in my mind. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is now. Yes. The whole yes. of creation groans in eager expectation yes. for its liberation and it's awaiting the children of God to yes. be revealed. It's awaiting you and me to yes. fix this. Yes. <laughs> and when you see it, it, it's everywhere. Yes. When you look at Jesus and you ask the question, well, does he do justice? Mm. Does he stand up mm. uh, for people? Uh, is he connected in mercy mm. and does he speak up? Well, yes. yes. Again and again, when you see it, it's there. He, um, you know, just a couple of examples. When uh, the woman is caught in a mm. uh, he gets rid of the guys. He mm. exposes their hypocrisy, and they all walk up, out one by one. Mm. And he's left with the woman. And he says, well, "Where are your accusers?" So he he, he stands up for yes. uh, the woman in. In compassion, but also um, understands is more at play than just her, yes. her situation. Likewise, the woman who anoints his head with oil uh, before the burial, and everyone's thinking, you know, uh, bad thoughts about her, mm. and he says, "Leave her alone.
0: Mm. What mm-hmm. she's
1: done is a beautiful thing." Yes, and so that's a justice. Yes, um, and many other times, even in that passage. Yes. He points to something bigger he says the poor you'll always have with you mm-hmm. but you won't always have me and he's and he's talking about uh back to deuteronomy 15 where there's the law of um of jubilee mm. he's saying even in spite of that you're yes. still going to have the poor so be merciful to them and don't yes um, yes and he's sort of implicating i think um you know, I'm going to leave to go to heaven, but in my place I'm going to leave the poor. And how yeah. you treat them is how you treat me.
0: Which is an echo to Matthew 25. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: And I think it's one of the verses that Christians use mischievously to suggest that we just don't need to do anything <laughs> about the poor. I've, I've heard that preached yeah. before, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I think... It, it totally comes into the kingdom yes. view yes. that all things need mm. to be restored all mm. things mm. and I think we'll, we tend to limit the gospel and just privatise it and individualise it because mm. we've been brought up in this culture that does so mm. but if you change your culture mm. and see things from a different perspective yes. Yes. it can liberate and help you understand what God's on uh, about.
0: Absolutely I think that was a big penny drop moment for me in my faith when i kind of realized, I was like, oh, if it's not about getting people to heaven, but bringing heaven to earth is mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. ultimate end goal. Yeah. Like, you can have your cake and eat it as well. Like, you can still eat it because you can still include the restoration of personal relationships with yeah. God. You can still include all that, but it doesn't have to be in this either no. or, or or as I've heard it says, oh, that's what the words of Jesus versus the deeds of Jesus. And I was like, oh, no, like, that that division is, there's no division. It's yeah. when God is coming in the person of Jesus to make all things right. Yeah. And that is holistic. It will, of course, include the personal, but it will include the social, yeah. it will include the systemic, the structural, yeah. it will include the individual. And I think we don't do ourselves any favor where we kind of where we, uh, miss the holistic element. Totally, totally.
1: You know, one of, when I was a, um, not too long ago, there was a priest. And he got together with the other priests uh, and those who were theologically trained. Mm. And they said to me, Steve, there's a difference between you and us. What is it? Mm. And the other priest said, well, I believe uh, I'd rather have empty bellies going to heaven than full bellies going to hell. And I said, mate, do you, can I just ask, I know you have children. Do you feed them? Do you clothe them? Do you educate them? Mm. He said, yeah, I do. I said, and do you tell them about Jesus? He said, I do. Hmm. I said, well, you're practicing a holistic integral mission in your own family. Hmm. Hmm. Why wouldn't hmm. you want that for everyone else?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a brilliant uh, little, um, comes from the Micah Declaration that's written by Ram, uh, Vinoth Ramachandra. Integral mission, or holistic transformation, is the proclamation and demonstration of the gospel. It's not simply that evangelism and social involvement are to be done alongside each other. Rather, in integral mission, our proclamation has social consequences, as we call people to love and repentance in all areas of life. And And our social involvement has evangelistic consequences, as we bear witness to the transforming grace of Jesus Christ. If we ignore the world, we betray the Word of God, which sends us out to serve the world. If we ignore the Word of God, we have nothing to bring to the world. So justice and justification by faith, Mm. worship and political action, the spiritual and the material, personal change and structural change belong together, as in the life of Jesus, being, doing and saying are at the heart of our integral task. Wow. Yeah, so that's the Micah. Declaration.
0: My goodness, no, that's quite powerful. Yeah. And what's against that holistic integration of all things. Because yeah. if God's coming to make all things right, which is, a lot of people would say, that's partly a definition of justice. It's about a making right that's of right. things. That's right. And that will be holistic in nature. Yes. Um, and I think, it, for me, it does come back down to that narrative. If, if our narrative is about escapism, then it's very easy to not care about justice. Mm. But if our narrative is about... Um, rather that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. It makes sense of everything. It certainly makes sense of Jesus. I mean, he feeds 5,000 people. (laughs) (laughs) He he heals people. And these are all signposts of what it means for God to rule and reign in the world. Totally.
1: And uh, usually his sermons come out of people asking questions about his actions. Yes, yes. Um, So, you know... John, for example, says, are you the one who is to come? Uh, and so then he explains his actions. Yes. Um, yeah, so they're it's very, very, you know, connected, and I don't understand why we split them. Yes,
0: um, I understand, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, maybe just bring it to the here and there. What has this Jesus-shaped justice looked like on the ground for you?
1: Yeah, okay, great. Um.
0: So, <laughs> I know you've talked a lot about yeah, it already but yeah. there's some other things as, as um, well perhaps
1: yeah sure so it's it, my first conscious sort of um, little act of justice because I, when, when I was a youth worker on the streets of Perth I was thinking and brewing about all of this mm. so uh, one day uh, there were these police cars that lined up and took all these Aboriginal kids in to the, the paddy wagon. And I said to the uh, to the police officer, "Excuse me, I'm the youth worker from around here, and uh, I, I'm just asking what you're doing." Uh, he said, "Well, we're, we're uh, these kids aren't arrested; we're just taking them down to the station for questioning." Now, I'd heard the rumours, I'd seen the bruises, and some police officers used to beat up, you know, oh, kids to try to get a confession. So I um, said, oh, well, you, yeah, because they're not arrested, you wouldn't mind me coming as well. So I jumped in the back of the paddy wagon wow. too. Yeah, uh, And then he got on his CB, he got on his radio and he came around and he said, it's all right, we've found the guy, you can all go now. So they all jumped out of the paddy wagon and then the kids were giving me high fives saying, thanks, Steve, you protected us, you stood up for us. Wow. Um, you're our friend. Wow. Um, and uh, that was the that was the first time I consciously mm. put myself, you know, I was going, I'm doing, I think I'm doing justice there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. um, so... Yeah, there was other times, but I also understand that the best critique of the bad is the practice of the better. Yes. So... Oof, will um, preach.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: uh, yeah. it was, you know, uh, little examples of starting a community garden over here mm. um, and having, you know, the church connect with a community garden and... Um, When people said, uh, we had a community garden workshop and there was Mm. about 60 people that came. We fed them uh, fair trade coffee and pizza on a Sunday afternoon every month. And uh, somebody said, uh, uh, who started this? And somebody pointed to me. And so they came up to me and they said, um, you know, what inspired you to start this? Mm. Well, then I was able to give uh, an explanation that God cares about creation and the way that we're running the society is toxic to, mm. uh, that, that we have uh, all these disconnections. We're disconnected to, our, to the land, mm. we're disconnected to each other, yep. we're disconnected to God uh, and we need more connection and that's why uh, we started the garden and they totally got it and mm. they said, look, I'd love to come to church next week because I'm picking up what you're putting down. So, um, you know, so there are other ways that we've tried to do this uh, through through the years and and basically um, yeah just try and support where God is at work and mm. uh, and get involved one one other one yeah. Um Uh, Well, we've been involved over the last uh, 15 years of Mm. getting a bunch together Mm. and going to our federal politicians and talking to them and saying, can you increase overseas aid and make poverty history? Mm. Can you uh, decrease CO2 emissions? Mm. And, uh, Mm. you know, each year we have conversations with uh, them Mm. about that. So, uh, yeah, and... Uh, and one last one. When I was involved in uh, uh, youth work again, we, yep. we there was a group called mm. Dig Tracy Drop In Centres and those regularly associated with street youth. We really loved the acronym. <laughs> um, so uh, these guys, they the, the, the dole came down and they cut the dole for under under while well, the independent living away from home allowance uh, for under sixteens. And uh, they did a survey and they said because we've floodlit um, Northbridge, we've seen prostitution decrease by 400%. Well, we did a survey and because of they decreased uh, the uh, dole or whatever for payments for under-16s, mm. we saw um, almost a 400% increase wow. and um, mm. oh, yeah. in prostitution around the back streets and stuff because people... Didn't have enough to wow. to survive, mm. so we put that report in to the government to help mm. them on behalf of the poor and marginalised of Perth. Say mm. this is not right. Yeah, no. So that was very small ways of trying to speak up and do what we can. Yeah, absolutely. To the poor and broke,
0: and I think the your 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 story of what you're sharing, you know. Um, it, it shows that we can all be people who participate in, in justice. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. always have to be an explicit ministry or a Justice capital J calling in life. Yeah. We can all be people in the places we find ourselves to, totally. to make for a more more just world.
1: Totally. I should probably mention stuff overseas because I'm connected with Tia. And yeah, tell us about I'll, that. I'll just really briefly say that when when we support... Uh, to your projects, um, it includes uh, the advocacy justice element. Mm. So, um, you know, women, for example, from Mumbai who are in, in self help groups, um, mm. microcredit and savings schemes, they will um, lobby government and say, you know, please give us water and sanitation. Mm. And if you don't, we won't vote for you. So <clears throat> they, they're able to, through these networks of hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands, of these mm. self-help groups they are able to uh, network and lobby government. Mm. And um, <clears throat> in Nepal, if there's a, supposed to be a health clinic there on the books mm. and there's no health clinic, then we help them, uh, you know, lobby government and say there needs to be a health clinic here because you haven't stuck one in. And so mm. Mm. Uh, to go through the right channels and... Uh, and so they're empowered themselves to do it. Yes. Um, so yeah, there are there are many ways that Tier work on the ground, uh, mm. or, or, or Chomno in from uh, the Cambodian Hope organisation. He, mm. in, in where there's a high traffic area on the border between Thailand and uh, Cambodia, he will uh, he will speak up and get the police to get to do their job. Um, yes. To stamp out slavery practices and uh, child prostitution, and when that happens, I mean, he lives with death threats every day. Wow, God! So um, these are the things that we, uh, that some of the things that Tear does to mm. promote the work of justice.
0: Mm. Wow, no, that's that's incredible. So, what would it mean to become a people more engaged in Jesus-shaped justice in the world?
1: Well, it, for me, it's summarised in Jesus' words. Um, putting the last first because it sort of embodies a lot of what jesus says one of the issues with the people in the church is they say we need to be you know generous to the poor but the poor are on the margins Mm. um and that still allows them to be the center whereas uh in my view, when Jesus, or when Jesus is blessed are the poor for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, the poor, Jesus identifies with the poor so much that he puts himself and the poor in the centre. Yes. So our lives need to revolve around the poor. Wow. So we need to ask the question in every decision, how is this going to affect the poor? Wow. Wow. How can I, my life make a difference for the poorest of the poor? Wow. Um, through what I buy, uh, ethical stuff, you know, um, mm. or don't buy mm. uh, through what I, uh, where I live. Mm. Uh, uh, we have some five responses in mm. tier. We suggest people live simply so that others may simply live. Mm. We suggest people give regularly because mm. that's part of our Christian discipleship. Mm. We suggest people advocate mm. and speak up either, either to their friends and family and, and church and or uh, mm. uh The politicians Mm. uh, that we suggest people grow in their relationship with God and their understanding of the world. They have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other to quote Karl Mm Bart, and then uh, lastly to uh, pray because God wants His kingdom to come more than we do. Wow! I would add to that Mm. and uh, uh, say also that our vocation, our calling,
0: Mm.
1: uh, needs to go towards that. So, how is your? You know, what you spend eight hours of. Uh, five days a week, doing. Mm. How's this helping, supporting the poorest mm. of the poor? How's mm. this going to make a difference? Yes. And if it doesn't, then change jobs. Yeah, right, um, because right. um, you know that uh, in the end, that's what we're going to be judged on, according to Matthew twenty-five. Mm. So um, yeah, so it's about. And if we do that, if we actually put the last first, mm. we can begin to. To reverse the social, uh, yes. political, and economic order of things, mm. and begin to turn the world upside down or right side up.
0: Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, it's it. Even the word marginal, imp- or people on the margins, implies exactly that word. You know that that people are quote on the 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 outer edges. Yes. But then, as you're saying, yeah, what would it look like to be a people who who exist? in the spaces of the outer edges, or or better yet, that those who are on the outer become the, the center point to yes. which we then think mindfully about how we then live in the world, totally. which I think is powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't mind, yeah, yeah. I might just ask a follow-up question because I, I can hear some people saying, oh, Steve, are you saying that? Um, and you might be saying this, I don't know. But uh, I can hear people maybe saying, well, Steve, you know, I, I live in you know, a fancy suburb. Mm. Um, what, what do you say to, to people who are, who do exist in that, that upper echelon? Do Are you saying that they have to kind of move to, into, like, a, a poor area or you or do you think there are different ways to, to navigate yeah, what totally, it means to be tot- a person of justice?
1: Yeah, totally different ways. I mean, you know, um, every day we make compromises, every day we make decisions mm. that are, are going to affect the poor. Mm. Whether I take... Uh, you know, the train or bus or whether I uh, and walk or whether I burn, you know, fossil fuel or Mm. um, all of these small decisions have an impact Mm. Uh, and you might think oh, well, no well it's really important just to be um, conscious Mm. of the way that we're living Mm. and and to ask God what's the next step for me because I don't um, it's not one size that fits all Mm. it's Um, But in some way, shape or form, how is your life, Mm. uh, you know, affecting the poor? I mean, one last story on this. Mm. that um, Mm. When I was in Bangladesh, there was a... uh, They said, we were there with some women in a women's self-help group and uh, at the end of asking them questions, we said, do you have any questions of us? She said, one lady said, yeah, I've got a question. Mm. She said, what do you... uh, I wake up at 5 o'clock every single morning in a cold sweat and I ask myself the question, how am I going to provide for myself and my family today? How am I going to do it? She said, what's the first question you think about when you wake up in the morning? And my friends from Australia looked at me and I looked at them and they said, you take that one, Steve. (laughs) Because I could not say mm. in that context, I mm. wake up and I ask, "Do I really have to go to work today?"
0: Mm, wow. Because they
1: would pro- probably punch me. Yeah. So wow. So I said, <laughs> I in you know, in a in inspiration, I said, "Look, you know, in my best moments, I, I ask God, what can I do today to make a difference wow. for the poor, mm. for people just like yourselves? Mm. How does my life count?" Because mm. if you ask that question every day and you somehow mm. try mm. and pull it off, at mm. the end of your life, mm. uh, you'll have you know made some sort of a difference.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Here's here's a more pointed one. Yeah, just yeah. as another follow up to that. Um, what if someone is living in a mansion? They mm. identify as Christian. Or they become a Christian. Do they have to move out? Or do you think maybe? I mean, I'm not saying yeah, you have yeah. the answer, but mm. do they should they move out? Should they maybe just go? Okay. Well, how do we? How do we? Maybe open that house up to the poor, yeah. or I don't know how. How might how might the the work of justice look like for someone who's a more well-to-do Christian?
1: Yeah, well, it's a great question, and uh, they probably need to ask that question for themselves. Sure, and, and but I would. S- you know, I mean, I live in a house, and mm. it's a four-bedroom house. And I, my question is, how do I make this mm. for open for and accessible for the poorest of the poor? Mm. How do I make this asset that I've got count? Mm. Uh, how can I use it for God's glory? Mm. But I would say that um, it's really important that uh, see, this is an issue of of the gospel, mm. of, of good news and grace. Mm. And grace goes to the heart yes. of, of it because yes. if you've experienced the grace of God uh, for yourself, it mm. flows. It always it flows like water downwards. Yes. Yes. It always goes to the to those who are less yes. Uh, yes. fortunate or less mm. uh, or um, more wounded, more broken. It, mm. go, it always slows down. So, uh, I mean, you just ask that question and and. Uh, figure out where, mm. you know, if you're at a point where God is calling you mm. to give up, sell everything you have, give to the poor, come fire me, then obviously do it. Mm. But we all have to walk, walk, work it out in our own sure. way, yeah. I yeah.
0: think. it was a bit of a tricky question. No, I thought no, I'd no, so. throw it out Can there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, in, it's interesting. I think you, what you said is quite powerful. Like if we allow the grace of God to flow out, that will have an inevitable effect of how we treat the least of these which will be a challenge to those who, who do perhaps live in those places. Now, yeah. as you said, it might look like selling everything. It might look like them opening up their house and inviting yeah. those who would never ever be in their suburbs to you know, participate in yeah. in their life. So um, as long as, as you said, there's that end goal of it isn't that the poor stay on the margins, yeah. but they start to make choices to which those who are the least the last forgotten become the centre place.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the... One of the practical ways I've done mm. it is by uh, building a granny flat. Mm. So I build a granny flat, and because I've lived with people who have had issues, and they feel uncomfortable mm. uh, hanging mm. around my family sometimes, and they need their own space. Yes. but if they can live in a connected way, mm. um, so it might be that. Mm. But I, you know, you've just got to go to the Lord and. Check it out for yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's good, it's good. Now, I'm aware that a lot of this talk of justice, that we've used the word social justice as well, I I know that's often linked with political thought, more so on the, to just use the, the, the jargon, the left side, quote-unquote, mm. of the political spectrum. Mm. And so I can hear perhaps some Christians are hesitant to even participate in what they see as, quote-unquote, the left-wing agenda, end quote, um, as opposed to what we're saying, which is, the outworking of the kingdom of God. Mm. What can be said in response to this?
1: Mm. Well, I think uh, Jesus transcends the political spectrum. I think mm. uh, he was political because polis means uh, of the people. Mm. Uh, so God so loved the, the polis. Mm.
0: <laughs> he calls himself a king as well. Yeah, like, that's right. He can't get yeah. any more political than that. No,
1: that's right. <laughs> uh, the Inscription above his head was written in several different languages. Yes. So, um, and it said King of the Jews. Mm. So, um, actually, I, if you, there's a book called uh, Jesus for President by
0: oh, Shane Claiborne. Yes. Yes.
1: And in this, he suggests, and you, you'd probably know this, but he suggests the crucifixion of Jesus mimics the inaugura- inauguration of Caesar.
0: That's right, yes. So,
1: um, Yeah, it's a very political statement that mm. that by dying on the cross he is saying, Caesar is not Lord, I am. Yes, yes. Um, So, yeah, so, but I think in all questions uh, you need to ask what would Jesus do? Would Mm. uh, Jesus terminate the life of an unborn baby? I think... I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So that has a right-wing sort of mm. flavour. Mm. But would <coughs> he uh, go to war against en- his enemies? No, because he said, love your enemies.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Which some would interpret as a, a left-wing, agenda, yeah. for example. That's right. Yeah. So, uh,
1: Or poverty. Mm. Uh, so I think it's really important to not be uh, nailed down to yes. uh, the political s- s- scene, mm. uh, but ask the question... Um, about the poor and the marginalized, and you know, that in some cases that may be unborn mm. children, in mm. some cases it might be elderly people that um, you know we're debating whether to switch their life support off. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, uh, it comes out of mercy and goes to justice, mm. um, and I think it's beyond yes. the, the spectrum of. Uh, yeah, I hope that makes sense.
0: No, no, it does, it does. And in some ways, it's, it's even a larger conversation as well for another time about what do we even do with politics and, and faith. And uh, it's complicated because, yeah, I, I completely agree. On, on one hand, we don't want to um, be engaged. We don't want to make Jesus, you know, left or right. We want to no. make Jesus the king. Yeah. With him being a king with his own niche and his own way of doing things. But then on the the other extreme, so we don't want to merge our politics and say, well, mm. Jesus is X, Y, Z, yeah. whether it be liberal, labor or greens. Mm. But then on the other hand, we, we don't want to remain disengaged as well. Yeah. And so there is this this ebb and flow to to be had and to be followed. And it, it is actually very tough, I think.
1: I'm reminded of Jesus' words when he says to Nicodemus, um, and such, uh, you, know, you, you don't know... Uh, where the wind's coming from or where it's going. And mm. such are those born of the Spirit. Mm. And I somehow sometimes think that people, mm. sh- you know, Christians seem to be the most predictable people, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, so we need to go with the Spirit yes. on every issue. Yes. Uh, and uh, that may look mm. in one sense that we're very conservative, mm. Um uh, just by the by, I had this talk with uh, mm. somebody over Facebook uh, Messenger, and they said, "Look, you've, you've posted some stuff about the climate, and um, as a Christian, I think God will take care of it." And I said, "Well, uh, you know," I, they said, "What's your perspective?" I said, "Well, to be honest, I'm really conservative in many ways, mm. and I if we're, um, I hope you're right, but." If, we're, if you're wrong, we're screwed. Yeah, I know. So rather than, mm. you know, let's be conservative about this and, and be, um, you know, don't burn fossil fuel. Try and listen to the poor who say that seasons mm. are changing, mm. uh, that we're m- more hungry, we've mm. got less, uh, the, the rains are more pred- unpredictable. Mm. Um, let's listen to the poor and mm. act mm. accordingly mm. rather than, uh, you know, burn burn, and spend and yes. uh, be greedy and mm. live as if there is no tomorrow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in, when we do it from that posture, how we then do polit- political engagement then becomes more pragmatic. Yes. It's, it's less about, That's well, right. you know, Jesus is green or labor or liberal. It's more, you know, on the left or right or the middle. It's, it's more, it's like, well, there might be politicians or parties which are more, more more susceptible to mercy in, yes. this, in XYZ area in that area that's right and uh, and because that, that's the difficulty I've had recently I've had the same thing actually mm. like I posted stuff about climate change yeah. and, whatnot. and then, then you know I posted about the climate strike that occurred a couple of weeks ago yeah. and this particular friend of mine was like well there's a lot of, there's a lot of green banners there I said, like the Greens Party yeah, yeah. and things like that and it was it was tough to respond because I, I wanted to on one hand I didn't want to remain complicit because I go, well, pragmatically, um, you know, I'm showing my political cards around and I said, well, pragmatically, I might vote Greens this time around because I really care about the environment. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I want to be really careful because I don't want to make it about... I don't think the kingdom of God comes through an election. It comes yeah, through yeah. a death and the resurrection. Yeah, that's, right, that's right. And there will be things of those policies I don't agree with. But for me, I found that there's a pressing issue. So for me, when I talk about Jesus being Lord, Jesus is Lord, not a particular party... Um, so it's, I don't have an allegiance to a party That's right. but I might have an affinity to a particular way of politics yes. based on what's currently happening in our, totally. in our global political environment because yes. and this is where it gets tough because I go like um, I think right now There are particular ends of the political spectrum which are more susceptible to things of justice and mercy, whilst not necessarily fitting within the biblical narrative. And they might, in other areas, fall short. And it becomes very complicated because on election day, I do want to be mindful of how I vote. And I do think there are... Outliers as well like yes. I, I really struggle with anyone who would vote one nation for example yes. yeah, <laughs> or totally. rise up Australia yeah. yes. but I guess for that matter to be balanced I guess you know for the Australian sex party I think yes. complete another opposite end yeah, of the spectrum. Totally. these things become complicated but I think you're right it does come back to the ultimate question and that is you know, politically we might have some affinity but we can't have an ultimate allegiance yes. to anywhere on the political spectrum totally because our allegiance has to be to King Jesus who mm-hmm. transcends those those larger questions, yes. so to speak. No, cool. um, but I guess it is in some ways guilty by association. <laughs> like, I don't know, when you were in your social work degree, was it social mm-hmm. work? Youth yeah? work, yeah. Youth work, sorry. When you did the youth work, you did mention that there were a lot of Marxists and, yes. and, and, and things like that. So was, was there a particular angst or, or, or you trying to find a navigation between kind of why there's more on the the left end of the political spectrum yeah
1: yeah i mean uh we went i went to their parties uh Mm. and they were in some you know i I, i'll tell you how i felt i felt they were obscene Mm. uh you know lecturers getting drunk and uh and uh carousing with uh students and uh you know behavior that was off the Chart in my mm. from from a conservative Baptist, yes, yes, you know. So I I hope I've maintained the, a strong moral mm. s- uh, private stance, mm. um, uh, and yet being able to, you know, hold. Yeah, it's a. Richard Rohr talks about having one truth nailed in this hand Mm -hmm. and another truth nailed in that hand Uh, and hanging in the middle.
0: Yes, yes. And I
1: think uh, that we need to be like that. Mm. And most people uh, will alienate you and most people (laughs) won't understand
0: you. Yes, yes. And
1: it's a lonely
0: place to be.
1: Yes, And people can box you in and and label you. I say to people... I don't mind that you put me in a box, just don't nail down the lid.
0: Yeah, Oh, I um, like that, yes. Because,
1: yes. um, you know, it's important. You know, I mean, I, I spoke at Family Voice earlier in the year. Mm. So that's a, what is a traditionally a you know, right-wing sort of, uh, or seen to be a right-wing sort of group of people. Mm. Um, but I love their spirit. Mm. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can find uh, all sorts of... Well, mm. uh, if we look for the presence of God, either uh, wherever you, mm. you know, you might find yourself in a in all sorts of different groups. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the Spirit blows wherever He wants. Yes,
0: yes. Mm. Oh no, I love that. I love that, and I also love the image of of not being kind of pinned down. Um, and of course, I know the way you're using middle doesn't mean necessarily like middle on the political spectrum, but actually in the in-between space yes. of faith, it's actually about going. Well, there's a complexity here because we're about yes. serving Jesus, you know. Totally. Um, yeah, I, I've always just found the guilty by association has always been because left-wing on the left, they do tend to be more for the people because it comes out of the French Revolution, yes. for the people. But but you know, I I will say and. I'll confess, as someone who probably votes more on the left, but um, you know, it's actually about a deeper, a deeper, a, a deeper allegiance, and um, to transcend all those things.
1: Well, Tim Costello recently said, uh, "Don't go left or right, go deep." I love that. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes, yes, and I love that so much mm. when he when he said that. Mm. Um, I think the challenge for all of us, and I think this cuts to the heart of all things. Is when we look at Jesus, it's yes. it's love of enemy. Yes. And, um, you know, there you can have, we can have people who are, perhaps identify more of the particular side of politics forget that. Um, you know, perhaps on the right, and I'm being stereotypical now, mm. but on the right it might be a, an aversion to loving those who are very different from a very different nationality or, mm. or different skin colour and different background. I'm not implying that if someone is on that end that they're necessarily like that, but yeah. the, the extremities can sure. be like that. But I will have to say, to be balanced, um, um, it, it's it's on, on the other end of the political spectrum, it can often be, well, we're meant to love our neighbour... And says okay, but your neighbor includes Pauline Hansen, yeah. you know, your yes. neighbor includes totally. uh, those who the, you, the good Samaritan isn't, it shouldn't just be a tale of systemic injustice, which it is. Yes. Um, so you could say, well, you know, it's the Muslim who put, pulls us out of the ditch, yes. but there's also a personal application That's and right. goes, well, perhaps it's Pauline Hansen who sees you on the side of the road and pulls you out. Yes. And so, there's a challenge for regardless of all of us to. Not being the left or the right, to go deeper and deeper into the to, to the poor and the marginalised, but also deeper in their own personal life. What would it mean to to love our political other?
1: Yes, you know? that's a good statement. I sometimes think we have watered down Jesus, who, who said, "Love your enemies," because he he doesn't uh, compromise truth. Mm. Uh, he said, "Love supersedes truth." That yes. we tend to yes. sometimes say. Oh, it's important to tolerate each mm. other. Well, for me, it that sort of uh, waters truth down mm. so that love can overcome, and I don't think Jesus does yes. that either. Yes, yes. So I love what you're saying. Yeah,
0: yeah. So perhaps just wrapping up, I've got, got perhaps two more questions for you. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the pressing areas of Jesus-shaped justice that you feel the church needs to engage in more so than ever in the times we find ourselves in?
1: Yeah, I can't help but think uh, that our our theology needs to include the environment. Mm. Um, this is a really pressing issue, um, and this is the time. You know, we need to change and repent. And um, I think that that may lead us to this kingdom understanding of um, the the. the um, we need a new system, mm. and we need a new story. Yes, and it's called uh, God's kingdom. It's not called capitalism. Mm. Was it uh, Brian McLaren that said? Um, mm. He said uh, Christianity has become the hood ornament on the Hummer of Western civilization. Wow, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and and uh, yes, unfortunately, we've we've just uh, it's. It's Basically, Christianity has become uh, our Western culture in drag. Wow. And uh, we need to get back to the story of God, Mm. the story of Jesus, and live it out. What would it look like uh, if we were to have this community of faith that that has alternative values? Mm. uh, And we see it in Acts 2 and Acts 4, that... Mm. Uh, no one was in need. They all shared their possessions. Uh, they had everything in common. Wow. They mm. uh, met together daily for for prayer and breaking of bread. Wow. There was a, a real thickness in yes. their social fabric. And if we were to expand that out in terms of our local neighbourhood mm. and grow our own veggies and uh, connect and support each other, wow. then I think we could begin to transform. Wow. Uh, uh, the way we do life. Yes. And people would look at, at, and say, Look how they love each other. Yes. Look at how their system is, of the kingdom of God is so much different to our system of getting rich quick, ripping each other off, yes. destroying the planet. <laughs> yes. So yes. Uh, hopefully it would be like a scratch and sniff of the kingdom of God here on earth. Yes. And people would be um, converted to that. Wow. So that's my hope and vision. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So e- ecology and ecological justice, because I guess it contains all the other injustices. Yeah. If, we, if we don't deal with our environment, we will we'll screw screwed. So there's nothing yeah. else to worry about. That's we'll right. We'll be dead potentially. <laughs>
1: that's right. And it's hurting the poor. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. So, and they're going to be hit first and yes. worst. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, uh, in terms of your other stuff about how do we live. Yeah.
0: How do we? Yeah. 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 How do we live this out?
1: Well, those five responses that I've Mm. uh, the living simply, giving regularly, advocating, growing, and praying, and thinking about your vocation. I think um, that they're they're a good starting point. Mm. And and again, just to reiterate, you know how how to ask those questions in our communities. Uh, how can we put the per, the poor and the marginalised, whatever that looks like, whoever yes. they might be, yes. and you, you may live in a different, you know, environment where Sudanese refugees might be the, mm. the, um, the main group in your community. Uh, putting them first, what does that look like? How can we live our lives? Mm. And, um, yeah, but I do think, uh, the, and, and this is just me, but for me... Uh, the environment and poverty are really Mm. key issues. And if we can, uh, when we put them first, we change just as much, Mm. you know, Mm. as as actually making a difference. Mm. We can be converted and transformed. I think it was an Aboriginal guy that said to me, when I went to uh, the streets and I said, you know, I'm working with your people, your kids, Um, how do you want me to, what do you want me to do? And he said to me, uh, you know, if you're here to help them, then go away. But if you're here to find your own transformation, your own liberation while you work for ours, your own salvation while you work for our salvation and liberation, then you're welcome. Wow. And I think, uh, yeah, that sort of summarizes something of what I've been banging on about.
0: Yes. And then the far side of that creates a more more just world that Jesus is after. That's right. And ultimately where it's all heading. Totally. Wow. It's
1: inspiring. Yeah. Really good.
0: Thank you, Steve. It has been such an honour. No worries. Talking to you today. Our pleasure. Well, that is it for today's episode on Jesus and Justice with Steve McKinnon. For more information on his work at Prison Fellowship, visit prisonfellowship.org.au. And for more information on his work with Tia visit tier.org.au That's it for this episode of Deeper and Wider. If you like what you heard, then please rate this episode on your podcast provider and share with your friends. To follow my work, then find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Nathan.Forster or find me on either Twitter or Instagram at Nathan underscore Forster. Deeper and Wider is part of the Expansive Faith Network. To see more content like this podcast or to support our work, head over to expansivefaith.com. Until then, keep on seeking and go deeper and wider.